0: Binge the full week of the Ray Taylor Show ad free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is the Ray Taylor Show. This is my top five Harmony Corrine movies. Uh, a filmmaker who wrote and direct uh, multiple movies. I only am going to be ranking the movies in which Harmony Corrine directed and wrote. So I will be not, not be talking about kids and I will not be talking about Ken Park. Uh, however, Larry Clark, the director of both of those, eventually I will go back and watch, rewatch his movies and do a top five of that. This is specifically to movies uh, that was directed by Harmony Corinne, but he wrote all of these movies as well. Uh, so just putting that out there for anybody that might be concerned why maybe kids or Ken Park didn't make the list. That is why. Uh, Harmony Korine, obviously, one of the most unique voices in film, I would say. Somebody that, in my opinion, is an inspiration for the kind of lo-fi DIY culture uh, that I care so much about. He is somebody that has shown you can make really compelling films and stories uh, using very little, one of which being... Uh, One of his movies, Julian Donkey Boy, which may or may not be on the list. We will find out very soon. Uh, But that movie was certified in the Dogma 95 certification, which eventually I don't know how I will go about doing this. But eventually I would love to do a top five of the Dogma 95 movies, Uh, that being a film kind of uh, created by a few directors I think in like Norway or something like that, Lars van Trier being one of the directors, which is another director that I will uh, love to dive back into his films and and rank as well. Uh, But they came up with a set of rules that were to take on the film industry and its move towards higher budgets and special effects and making film less and less uh, reflective of the world that we exist in. And uh, Julian Donkey Boy is one of the films in that list, one of the films certified uh, in that group of films. And uh, certain things that, that would make your film uh, certified by them uh, would be you have to use all natural lighting, uh, you have to film it on like a camcorder type of device all of the credits and things had to be filmed in camera basically everything had to be done in camera uh very little to nothing is done in post uh and uh i appreciate that it is very much like the punk rock of the movie art uh or the dadaism of film uh in my opinion um, I would also say Harmony Corinne is the art house Rob Zombie. Uh, they are very their subject matter in their films is very similar. Uh, they focus primarily on people who are disgusting. <laughs> they are uh, like just kind of disgusting anti-heroes in a lot of ways. They try to make you sympathize with horrible people at a lot of levels. Uh, whereas Rob Zombie is definitely more of the horror genre, but also definitely not as artistic and creative as Harmony Korine would be. But the tone and the vibe that you get is very similar. You like if you want to improve your mental health, avoiding these movies would be something I would recommend. Watching Harmony Korine movies is a great movie to amplify any anxiety you may have uh, if you need to be triggered uh, in any way panic attacks depression these are movies in which those states of being can be acquired quite easily Uh, so it has been quite a difficult week. Watching all these movies, which I have seen all of Harmony Corinne's movies, except for one. Lonely, uh, Mr. Lonely is the only movie that I watched out of all of these for the first time. But I've been a fan of Harmony Corinne. And in my younger years, my 20s, I was way more of a fan of Harmony Corrine. Uh For whatever reason, in my 20s, I loved like gritty, dirty, real, painful stuff and that is what you get when you watch harmony corinne and now that i am in my 40s uh it's painful it is painful uh but that nonetheless i can still appreciate the art that is harmony corinne and uh kind of was i was definitely looking forward to revisiting all of these movies especially since it has been so long since i've watched them and uh they, he is inspiring to me his his lo-fi movies are are definitely something that uh inspired me in general artistically creatively uh all of his movies there is this like documentary feel to them uh i think part of that is that he uses a lot of uh inexperienced actors a lot of the people in his movies are just regular people that he Uh, brought in to portray these certain characters a lot of the dialogue in his movies is improvised Uh, so I think both of those things along with the camera work and just the the raw nature of it feel make it feel like you're watching real life and I think because of that because of that authentic real feel uh, it adds to the vibe of depression and desperation Uh, that a lot of his movies have. They also have, like, especially his earlier films, uh, very disorienting, very chaotic, a lot of fast cuts, a lot of disjointed audio, uh, just a lot of things, a lot of aspects of his films that almost make you feel high, make you feel disoriented in a way, almost make you feel like you've been blacking out throughout this movie, like, in and out of consciousness throughout the movies, Uh, As they go along, which is amazing to pull off because a lot of directors try to do try to emulate that kind of feel, uh, but very unsuccessfully. So with all those things said, let's get into my top five Harmony Corinne movies, starting off with number five. This is a movie that I came into a little bit late. I had seen a few other Harmony Korine movies before watching this, but it was one that kept getting brought up. I would go to these house parties uh, and and it, it was like the degenerate white trash person's art film that they, like if you were to bring up independent movies to any anybody that's like a, you know, that type of a person, this was the their go-to on the tip of their tongue, ready to recommend. And that movie coming in at number five is Gummo. This is a movie that uh, I actually had hoped to enjoy quite a bit more in the revisit. Uh, It's a movie that, I mean, there's, he only has done six movies. Uh, So only one of his films was left off of this list as far as a writer-director. So, there is one movie that I like less than Gummo, but I'm not a big fan of Gummo. It, I mean, a lot of his films, sadly, make me feel bad. <laughs> like, they make me hurt inside. They make me. Uh, they contribute to my depression, anxiety, and all those feelings that I don't like. And Gummo is, is a story about these kids living in a part of Ohio that has been decimated by a tornado um so and they're poor to begin with and there's not a whole lot to do and a lot of their town has just been destroyed and not been rebuilt a lot of people left uh and it's just kind of what it feels like to survive in that kind of reality and let me tell you it's not a fun reality to survive in uh in addition to most of his movies uh, a lot of this cast, there's only a few experienced actors in this movie. Uh, Chloe Savani is one of the few uh, actors that's uh, in a lot of his movies. Uh, she is in this one as well. Um, and, you know, it's following a few different kids in this town. A lot of people who actually live in this town. And it's just it's an experience all of a lot of his movies are just an experience and this one provides i would say uh, a very very like just just like visceral experience in just desperation in a lot of ways and just like you're you're hanging around people that are just not good people and you're hanging around a lot of people surprisingly in the year 2022 if this movie was made today i mean it feels like a documentary like so like i said like so many of his films do but it it seems like a lot of these people would have their homes decorated in trump flags uh thankfully this movie was made far before trump this was 1997 uh but i have a feeling if this movie was made today there would be not that there was like i don't think there was any confederate flags in this movie but for sure there would have been a lot of trump decorations around if this were a a film made today although it it wasn't a documentary it was a film so that night might not be true uh but if this was a documentary it would have definitely had a lot of trump injected into it um Of course, the classic scene from Gummo is the scene at the end of the movie where the kid, one of the kids that we've been following, who has like this side hustle of collecting dead cats around town. There's like an infestation of cats from all the people that left after the tornado uh, and as a way to curb the cat population, the stray cat population, uh, there's a guy who works at a grocery store that pays these kids uh, to bring him dead cats which is kind of brutal there's a lot of like kind of difficult scenes in this involving cats which in in reading more about this a lot of the cats that were involved in this were primarily puppets Uh, so no animals were actually abused but the way it's filmed makes you feel like you're watching cats being abused uh and dead cats being it, it it is painful to watch Uh, But that kid, one of the kids that has that side hustle, he's taking a bath in probably the dirtiest of dirty water, probably dirt water that you would see in like Flint, Michigan, just the dirtiest of dirty water, taking a bath. And his mom brings him spaghetti to eat. And there's a piece of bacon taped to the the tile in the background of the bathtub that's just random i mean like so many things in these movies which make it feel so authentic this piece of bacon cooked bacon taped to the wall in the background uh and then like s- these kids come to the door selling candy bars and the mom buys the candy bar and gives it to their kid wh- while why he's in the bath it is like a disgusting scene like so much of this movie is disgusting and because of that I had to put it down. And there's like this random bunny character that's kind of going around. It's just like, it's hard for me to latch onto any kind of narrative through line that's, that's going on, any kind of themes, it's just really like you're experiencing the 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 reality of what it's like to live in this area after a tragedy like a tornado and uh let me tell you it is not a fun experience um but yeah gummo it, it it's like it is like the white trash art house film like it, it out of all the art house films that have been made it is the one where you you can almost be guaranteed that that is something that you know people that that grew up poor and white uh have seen and it's like their go to uh, so anyway, that's my number five harmony, Corinne. Not to be offensive towards any anybody that may have grown up. I mean, it's not your fault growing up poor and white, uh, but it is. You know, it is a t- it is a a a portion of culture that we don't get to see represented in film very often, and generally is filmed is represented in very much a you know a stereotypical cartoonish fashion so this is is really showing you the giving you like the real representation of what it is to grow up as like poor white trash in america uh which i can appreciate that like i can appreciate what the 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 types of stories that harmony corinne is putting out there uh so moving on to my number four favorite harmony corinne film this is one that i watched for the first time in this watch and it is probably one of his most different movies i would say coming in at number four is mr lonely uh it is this movie kind of feels like two movies and that's one reason why it's coming in down at number four i initially had this higher but I i had to put it lower just because of It has like, it's, it really feels like there's two movies going on. One of the movies is about all these impersonators. I mean, first off, the movie takes place in, uh, overseas. It's not dealing with the U.S., which all of his movies are, uh, based in the United States. Uh, primarily a lot of them, a couple of them in Florida, some in, I think, North Carolina, obviously Ohio. Um, But this one takes place in a cross between uh, in Paris where there's these uh, impersonators, these uh, celebrity impersonators. You have a Michael Jackson impersonator uh, played by Diego Luna, who's a great actor, Uh, and he meets uh, a Marilyn Monroe impersonator played by Samantha Morton and Samantha Morton's uh, Marilyn Monroe has a husband who is Charlie Chaplin, and they have a kind of a uh, a place where impersonators can go and live. It is like a community of impersonators uh, in the highlands. Uh, so this is the Scottish Highlands, I believe. And so then part of this movie takes place in the highlands in this community of impersonators, which... In the wide group of impersonators, there's like a Sammy Davis Jr., there's Queen Elizabeth, there's the Pope, there's Abraham Lincoln, uh, there's all these kinds of impersonators, which is a lot of fun. It's, a, it's probably the most fun movie that Harmony Corinne has made, which is probably one of the reasons why I almost had it a lot higher because it was after watching so many of these movies, which I watched them in order of how they were l- released, it was painful. So it was nice to come across this movie, which came out in 2007. Uh, It was a nice little break. So part of this movie is about this community of impersonators trying to create their own community and to build their own theater so they can have control and just bring people into them and they can have this artist community, and it's a lot of fun. And then there's this other movie that's going on, about this African uh, village that these nuns are going to to bring aid to and to help out. And while bringing aid to this African community, uh, one of the nuns falls out of the plane. And as she's falling to her death, she doesn't have a parachute on, she prays to God, and somehow she survives. And then there becomes like this thing where the the nuns, it becomes a thing where if you are of pure faith and believe in God he will save you and now there's this thing where this pilot who is a preacher is bringing these nuns up to jump out of his plane and survive to prove you know to become enlightened because this nun who survived became enlightened and all this thing so which is an interesting short film idea on itself and in some ways is tied in I mean, the the one way I could see how these two crazily different stories are tied together is that the impersonators, uh, Diego Luna's character specifically, is constantly talking about living forever and how these impersonators are allowing these famous characters to live forever by them impersonating them. Uh, And then that same idea is similar to the Christian belief of believing in the Lord will allow you to live forever in heaven or whatever, as well as these nuns being able to survive jumping out of a plane without a parachute and surviving. So I can the theme of this movie is like the different ways in which we convince ourselves that we can live forever. But tragically, this movie as life does, uh, comes crashing down and smacks you in the face and you realize that everybody dies. Uh, And this movie ends in a way that actually kind of made me laugh. Uh, There's a suicide that happens in the impersonation camp that didn't make me laugh, but it it is kind of how that particular part of the story shows that this illusion of, of living forever is not real. But then there is on the the nuns jumping out of a plane situation where basically the plane crashes and all the nuns die. And I actually laughed at that. <laughs> Nothing funnier than seeing a bunch of nuns that have, that are dead, that have washed up on a beach uh, that God didn't save them. Um, despite the fact that they were actually surviving. But. This one also has Werner Herzog, who is another regular along with I think this is one of the few movies that has Werner Herzog in it, but doesn't have Chloe Savani in it, uh, which is kind of interesting, uh, because Chloe is, is in most of, uh, Harmony Corinne's films along with Werner Herzog. Uh, but yeah, so coming in at number four, because it's a little bit disjointed, it was nice. That's why it's over. I mean, clearly over gummo. Cause at least it made me feel something other than like complete and other, utter depression. But, uh, it it, because it was so it felt like two movies pushed together uh it comes in at number four mr lonely at number four and now a quick word from our sponsor now you can wear the many faces original art by ray taylor select pieces from the ongoing series of abstract ink paintings all products made with high quality materials made right here in the usa Go to inspiredisordercom slash TMFmerch to browse the entire collection and save yourself an extra 10% when you check out by using coupon code RTSTMF. So once again, go to inspiredisordercom slash TMFmerch and save 10% when you use coupon code RTSTMF. And now, back to our show. Moving on to my number three favorite Harmony Corinne film. This is one that I mentioned earlier, is certified by the Dogma 95 certification. And that movie is Julian Donkey Boy. Uh, this is just a, another movie similar to Gummo in some ways, uh, where this is more about a family, a very dysfunctional family, a family that has a lot of trauma, uh, a family that has m- some people have mental disabilities uh specifically uh julian played by ewan bremer who i think is a great actor uh he's a uk actor that's been in i think he's actually maybe scottish uh he's in a bunch of great movies and i can't think of any of them right now and i could probably just click on his name here on imdb and bring up he's in both the train spotting movies he's in wonder woman alien versus predator not that that's something that uh really should be celebrated but uh a great actor nonetheless uh who plays a character this movie was uh inspired by harmony corinne's uncle who suffers with uh suffers with uh schizophrenia paranoid schizophrenia so our main character julian uh is suffering with paranoid schizophrenia his dad played by Werner herzog is somebody that's you know an older guy who's uh you know first generation uh you know he fresh off the boat kind of a guy doesn't really believe in mental disorders thinks it's something that he can just wake up from uh, so he's he's mentally abusive sometimes physically abusive uh you have Chloe Savani who plays the sister of Julian uh, and then there's um Another one of the brothers who's trying to become a wrestler, probably most normal out of the group of the family, and then there's a grandma that lives. They all live in the same house, and it's a very messed up situation. But a movie because it's it was filmed in such a way, like it is, it is the example that anybody can make a film. Anybody can make a film. We have devices at our at our. At our like that, we can use to create a story in such a way that you don't need to have giant budgets. You don't need to have even spectacular actors. Now, I'm sure it helps that there's actually mo- good actors involved with this movie, but then there's still a lot of uh, still a lot of people that aren't actors in this film as well. Similar to most Harmony Korins, and it has because it is a movie that is about. Uh, somebody with schizophrenia, the way it's edited and the visuals and how it cuts between just random images that kind of flash through and, and like the dialogue is very similar and mimics in a lot of ways, how Julian acts and how his speech pattern is, how it's very repetitious and very uh, scattered and very shuffled and very disorienting. And uh, this movie in a lot of ways, I feel is trying to make the audience experience the confusion that it, that it is to live with this, uh, mental issue with schizophrenia. Um, and it's great. I think it's, I think it's beautiful. I, I, it's definitely tough to watch, but it is a film that, um, surprisingly there's characters that like you care for, like you definitely sympathize with more of these characters than I did gummo uh the the character of julian it's like heartbreaking you have uh pearl who's chloe Savani's his sister who is pregnant and when you find out towards the end of the film obviously spoilers for all these films that it is her her she was impregnated by julian so it's a very difficult movie <laughs> it's very and it's it's tragic there's something that happens that's like towards the end of this film where it's like oh my gosh because you have this person that doesn't know what he's doing necessarily that's unclear of his actions and then it's it's crazy there's there's just some great scenes in this though Uh, there's the scenes with uh, Werner Herzog where he's just this crazy guy there's like scenes where he's wearing a uh, uh, gas mask for some reason. There's scenes where his, he's over at a friend's house who doesn't have any arms but's able to do card tricks with his feet. You see that character later playing the drums for somebody. Uh, there's the brother that's constantly crawling up the stairs working out in his, his wrestling onesie trying to prepare for, his, for, for wrestling. There's scenes where uh, Julian is communicating with his dead mom. Who died who who basically died during the childbirth of the younger son, so that's one of the reasons why, despite him being like the quote n- most normal of the group, uh, the dad is very horrible too, uh, but there's scenes where Julian is able to talk to his mom or he thinks he's talking to his mom over the phone, uh, but it's just his sister Pearl on the other end of the phone where she's trying to help him uh, trying to help him get through his his mental issues. Um, yeah, it's a crazy film. Definitely a crazy film. But it is uh, a great work of filmmaking. Uh, and that is why it is at my number three. Despite the fact that it like it's hard to be entertained by these movies so far. Uh, there are definitely moments that I appreciate. And the fact that it was created in the style that it was... Uh, I really appreciate and it's it's uh, uh, a hard movie to watch but a, a great film a great piece of art so moving on so that's my number three Julian Donkey Boy moving on to my number two favorite Harmony Corinne film this is one that is kind of the change in Harmony Corinne's films uh, I guess mr lonely is probably the first of that where it's he's starting to make more traditional films if you can even call any of harmony corinne's films traditional uh but this one feels like the biggest budget it has the the biggest cast so far of actual actors uh but is still painful to watch it is still not a pleasant ride that you go on uh but coming in at number two Spring Breakers. Uh, this is a film about this group of girls who wants to, who want to get money to go down to Florida and celebrate Spring Break, ha- party it up with all of the people that are down in, in Florida for Spring Break. Uh, this is the first of two movies that Harmony Corinne made uh, that is located in Florida. Um, and is starring, you know some Disney. Some Disney uh, stars, Vanessa Hutchins, uh, Selena Gomez. You also have James Franco in probably the best acting role of James Franco's career, in my opinion. He's playing Alien, a local rapper uh, who's also involved in the drug business in Florida. Uh, But these girls, this is a crazy story. Crazy story. Um, still has that Harmony current feel of disorientation, uh, detached audio, a lot of quick visuals. There's a lot of slow motion video of partiers, topless. So there's a lot of nakedness in this. There's a lot of sex in this. Uh, it is definitely that type of lifestyle, that Florida garbage person, drug dealer, uh, life's hustler lifestyle, uh, just a... V- very hard to watch and it's not like these innocent there's it's not a story about innocent girls going to florida and being uh corrupted by florida it is not that story because these girls in in an attempt to get the money they need to go party like they want a party in florida they pull off a robbery a, at gunpoint and you see girls that you wouldn't expect you don't see in any movie these nice little girls who are in college, these college girls, attractive, beautiful, former Disney actors, uh, being the gangstress of gangsters in this movie. And it is 1,000% believable. So they knock off a, a restaurant that has... Uh, A great shot where the the getaway driver drives around the restaurant and each window the driver passes, you're seeing more of what's going on inside. The chaos that's going on inside, which apparently that was initially done in a single shot, uh, but was cut to for time. Like it seems so many of his movies are are, are really cut down for time. Um, But that's how they get their money to go. And then they go down, down and party and they're doing drugs. They're getting drunk. And, and then they start running into situations where they're getting in over their head, but at the same time, they're not. Like, some of these girls are rising to, not all of them, slowly some of them leave, and, you know, they, they are in over their head, where then some stay, and they're, like, almost getting used to the lifestyle. And it's crazy, it's crazy how it goes. It's crazy how it ends. Um, and great performances by everybody involved, but but definitely one of the best performances by James Franco. Uh, and uh, a crazy movie. A crazy movie. It's, it, it's by far the best-looking film that he's done. Uh, by far, probably the best acting that he's gotten out of all of the characters. Another movie that doesn't have Chloe Savani in it. Uh, which I think only as early stuff does. It does, I guess, the, the later stuff from Mr. Lonely on. Uh, there's no Chloe Savani in it. Um, but yeah, a great movie. And like a movie you're not going to see. You're not going to see a movie portray like cute young women in this type of way. You're just not. It is not your typical... Like movie you're gonna see, and that is very typical for Harmony Korine. Like you, he has by far the most unique voice and tells by far the most unique stories of people that you do not see represented in film, uh, which is crazy because most of his movies are about white people, and you would think everything's been explored with with white people, but he he definitely taps into the, and I think it's probably a lot of his skateboarding background. But he really is able to tap into the just the most disgusting of disgusting white people. Uh, So moving on. Number two, Spring Breakers. Join Inspired Disorder Plus today. Head on over to InspiredDisorder.com slash plus to join. Membership includes members only discounts and deals. You get access to the Ray Taylor show completely ad free as well as bonus episodes You get access to the complete live painting archive. You also get access to every single podcast ever produced by Inspired Disorder, hosted by Ray Taylor. You get access to Ray Taylor's personal blog, as well as the opportunity to ask me any questions. So if you want to start a podcast, you're into art, ask me anything. And so many more things are being added every day to Inspired Disorder Plus so sign up today, become a member, head on over to inspiredisorder.com slash plus and become an Inspired Disorder Plus member today. Moving on to my favorite Harmony Corinne film ever made, and that is, at the time of me recording this, it is also his newest film. Uh, this one came out in the in 2019 And that movie, coming in at number one, my favorite Harmony Corinne film, The Beach Bum. Uh, Not only is this uh, the first movie that he uses CG, there's a little bit of CG in this, uh, but it's also some of the biggest actors. I mean, you got uh, Matthew McConaughey playing Moondog, our main character, who's a poet. Um, You have uh, Isla Fisher, who plays his wife. You have Snoop Dogg playing lingerie. Who is a hip hop? Well, he's r and B singer in this movie, but he's a successful musician uh, who also, uh, you know, still has all the same characteristics of Snoop Dogg—loves weed, parties, uh, all of this stuff. Uh, so many great actors. You have Jonah Hill also being uh, one of the actors in this. So huge actors in this film. It is also a film that doesn't necessarily utilize Harmony Corinne's style of. A lot of fast cuts, disjointed audio. Uh, It's not as disorienting, uh, but still shows that kind of disgusting nature. Oh, also, uh, Martin Lawrence is in this movie as well. Like, it's definitely his biggest cast. uh, But it's also the most traditional narrative type of a film uh, that he's played. Uh, Moondog is this poet who... lives like enjoys living in the the kind of burnout culture of florida uh you know living with the homeless people going to to dive bars getting wasted everybody knows him in the area he's like this drunk poet guy uh meanwhile he's like also lives in a mansion so it's like he goes and he slums it in in the florida keys to get inspiration for his work Meanwhile, he hasn't written anything in forever, Uh, but then he goes back to this mansion where his wife, Minnie, played by Isla Fisher, lives, and she is having an affair with lingerie, but it's like an affair that seems to be almost open. Lingerie is like the family friend who's been there throughout everything, Um, so very interesting family dynamic, uh, which is... Which is referred to, like, it's, it's a movie that knows how messed up everybody is because there's a wedding between Moondog's, Moondog's daughter gets married and the guy that's marrying into the family gets warned by lingerie that, like, oh, you signed up for, like, a fucked up family, dude. <laughs> like, you don't even know how fucked up this family is. Uh, and in the process of everything, uh, there's a car accident and uh Minnie dies and you find out that she is the one that had all the money and that she just loves Moondog and believed in him and for him to get access to this money he has to just release a new book which he hasn't done uh so a lot of this movie you're following Matthew McConaughey's character Moondog as he's like unwilling to give up his lifestyle And going from kind of scenario to scenario, getting this inspiration for his next book of poetry. Uh, And then when it comes out, it's successful. And even though when he gets the money, it was never about the money. Like how this movie ends is like, in some ways satisfying because it's like, it's following this artist who is trying to stay in touch with humanity in a way, trying to stay in touch with, a specific aspect of humanity. In a lot of ways, Moondog is Harmony Corinne, where Moondog is trying to just, he steeps himself in this kind of lifestyle in order to get inspiration. That lifestyle, that degenerate burnout lifestyle is his muse for creating. And in so many ways, Harmony Corinne is like, I don't know if he steeps himself in that lifestyle, but he seems like he's a, clearly a voice of that lifestyle that's trying to communicate stories of that lifestyle. And because of that, it's not about the money. It's about getting these stories out, getting your work out, and putting out authentic, real art, authentic, real work, um, instead of chasing the money, instead of chasing the fame. Uh, so yeah, so there's a lot of layers of this film that I love personally. Uh, It's also a movie that doesn't make me feel disgusting. Uh, It's a movie that is nice to have that contrast of like ultra wealthy, but like ultra wealthy artists, right? Like lingerie is an artist. Moondog is an artist. Uh, I mean, Minnie isn't an artist, but she is she's allowing Moondog to have this this lavish lifestyle that he doesn't even appreciate. He doesn't care about. He just he like he his idea is that th- instead of like the universe conspiring to destroy him, like his idea is that the universe is conspiring to let him live. And that's why he's constantly putting himself in these crazy situations, because he, th- he believes deep down that the universe will not allow him to die. And even at the end of this movie where it's like everything he wins, like this guy fails forward. And he, he gets the money, he decides to get all this money on a yacht, get a yacht, put all the money on it. And he's like, I want to celebrate with everybody, so let's do giant fireworks. And while the fireworks are going off, he lights the boat of money on fire, and the boat explodes. And while you're watching it, you're like, oh, he, like, tragic, he died. He died, in, like, celebrating with everybody, like, sharing the joy of success with everybody, but that's not how the universe is treating moondog because somehow he survives he's on a little dinghy still drinking his drink with the little cat that's been around for forever and somehow is alive too uh it's it's kind of like a weird happy ending in a way um and i really like it i like it jonah hill's character is great uh, playing like the the manager or the agent for him to to get these book deals who's like the slimiest of slimy guys you have martin lawrence is a great he plays like this dolphin tour guide guy um, snoop dog is great when moon dog finds out the snoop that lingerie has been is in a romantic thing with his wife like he he like is definitely shocked he's taken back but then like is like ah whatever He's like such an uh, he's oh, he's in a lot of ways, Moondog is like Lebowski. Uh the dude. Except for like more dirtbag, like Florida dirtbag version of the dude. Um which I appreciate. I can like I can relate to that. Zach Efron is in this movie. I don't know where he's in this movie. Um, Jimmy Buffett is in this movie. It's crazy the the people that are in this in this film. Uh but yeah. By far my favorite film by Harmony Corinne coming in at number one, The Beach Bum. Uh, obviously, Trash Humpers didn't make it in. Trash Humpers, in a lot of ways, is like it's like a found footage film. Like if if Jackass, if the Jackass guys never got popular, but continued to make their Jackass movies into their elderly years, and they just got found that's what trash humpers is it's like a found footage film of these like old nihilists that go around and cause trouble and then you find out that they're actually killing people because they're able to get away with stuff so kind of an interesting movie but very slow very boring and the prosthetic masks that they wear uh the vhs quality of the the film itself uh doesn't help uh get me past um you know doesn't get me past that that barrier but uh that's why i had to leave that. it was kind of an easy one to leave trash humpers off the list but it, kind of interesting re-watching it to to know that it's, oh it's like a found footage movie uh you know uh so apparently let's see the beach bum was the last one. Oh, i thought he had a something in production but i guess i guess not uh he's done a short film and a music video since the beach bum uh, nothing since 1990, 29, 2019. Uh, so, one more time. This is my top five Harmony Corinne films. Starting off with number one. No, I'm not starting off with number one. This is my top five Harmony Corinne films. Starting off with number five is Gummo. Number four is Mr. Lonely. Number three is Julian Donkey Boy. Number two is Spring Breakers. And my number one favorite Harmony Korine film is The Beach Bum. Let me know how you would rank the Harmony Korine films. Now, I'll remind you, I did not I did not add or consider adding kids or Ken Park because he did not direct those. He only wrote those. Uh, these are movies that he wrote and directed uh, but let me know, regardless, how you would rate his films in the comments. Let me know on social media. Either way, whew, good luck watching those films. They are a bummer. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at inspireddisorder.com. And follow the show on Instagram at Ray Taylor Show. Have a wonderful day, everybody.